The following is a production of Gearhead Media. All right, welcome back to another episode of All Automotive. I'm your host, Matt Clausen, and today we are talking to, once again, my good brother, Jeff. He's here with us today, and we're going to be talking more and more about vehicle restoration. Last week, my wife was telling me, she's because we bought that truck, and I I know I told you that we, we bought this 68 C10 truck, and we're going to revamp it. So we're going to overhaul this thing and restore it back to, you know, what what I want it to be. And uh, she was asking me the other day, she's just like, so where do we start? I mean, what, what do we do? I mean, I, I know that since I've bought it, I, I went and got a LS engine for it, and I've taken it all apart almost. Um, still got to take the cylinder heads off and assess the inside of it yet, but... And that was one of the things that I that I wanted to start with. But as far as that goes, you know, the mechanical part for me, it's it's not not a big issue. But when it comes to restoring a car and start, where, where's the starting point? And Jeff, tell me what your mindset is when you went to do. Well, let's just use your charger. And I know that that car, you know, you that was a nut and bolt, like you told us. So what was your mindset and where, where did you, where did you just, when you got that car home, you're like, what do I do? Well, when I got that car home and thanks for having me on again, I appreciate it. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Good to see you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, when I got that car home, I guess the idea was originally that I was going to like fluff it up a little bit and, you know, knock down the high spots maybe, and then drive it. You know, I was, uh, really wanting to drive it. Well, as you know, I started doing you know the assessment on the car. It was apparent that it was going to need quite a bit. Like it ran and drove, and I did drive it about I don't know. I drove it about fifty miles to get it home, but it needed a lot. It needed to be safe, you know. And so that's where you know in this grand talk about you know restoring a car, that's where you want to start is safety because uh, I think it depends on. It depends on what you're trying to do with the car, you know, what level you're trying to restore it to. But but if you intend to use it at all, then, you know, you have to start with safety and what is unsafe about the car. Right. And, so- and, that, and that's a good that's a good place to start. And I guess tell everybody what what year it is. Well, I mean, what is it? It's a Charger. We're talking about it. We know. It's a 1971 Dodge Charger. I bought it as a running driving car. Uh, it is a... Um, an automatic. It has disc front brakes. It was, like I said, it was altogether a running driving car. I ended up just uh, to make the story the story short. I ended up t- taking the entire car apart. Every last nut and bolt was taken off the car and put back on and cleaned and painted and plated and honed and milled or whatever it needed. You know, whatever it needed. Um, the whole thing got redone. Uh, now that you know, it got carried away. But now right, and that, you know, now it's safe. And that can be a daunting process. And for me, I'm just like, I'm, I'm super comfortable. I'm an ASC master technician. I, I'm, I'm super comfortable with the mechanical part. And what I mean by mechanical is, you know, the engine, the transmission, the steering, the suspension, but it's the fabricating part and the body work. And, you know, I worked at a body shop for a little while, but at doing estimating and, and that was on n- newer cars, but you know, it's like, it, when it comes to sanding the body and putting body filler in there and doing that kind of stuff, I'm not so sure that that's going to be something that I, 
I'm going to get, I'm going to be good at because it's like, we're, I've never really done it before. And, you know, this is what we're trying to do is, is let people know this is some of the things that we want to do. And this, this truck is what I want to get done. And this is the pay job I want. And this is, you know, but how, how do we get there? And that's, that's what we want to talk about. And again, it depends on, you know, the second piece of, you know, safety. And then, as I said, what level you want to restore it to, if you want to restore it to, you know, um, something that you're going to see on TV or you're going to see at Barrett Jackson, or you're going to want to take to a show and do points, you know, and things like that, you know, have it judged in those, those sorts of things, then you're going to need professional people to do almost all of the work. But that's the good thing about, you know, guys like you and me, you know, a lot, you know, enough to know what not to mess with. I know enough to be dangerous. I don't sometimes know I shouldn't mess with something. So I just (laughs) go ahead and try. There's a lot of people out there like that. Anyway, yeah, there's a lot of people out there like that. But as far as the, the those things go, you do have to, you know, know what your limitations are. You can get like I tried to do the body work on that charger. And, and after, you know, a year of, you know, picking away at it and figuring out what I you know didn't didn't know. I mean, I welded a bunch of the metal in. But then when it came time to actually make it smooth and put right. a paint job on it. I had somebody else do that. And that was one of the two or three things that I didn't do on that car by myself was was the paint uh and the uh the bondo okay so that maybe that's a that's something that we want to write down and when we're when we're looking at this restoration project and i know i know that's something that i've wrote down because it's like i'm talking to my friend mike and my i got a really good friend mike and he gets into doing body work and so forth like that and he's you know he's he's telling me how easy it is and how to do that to me it's just like it's not i don't i don't know what it is it's just like Okay, sand the bondo. It's like sand and drywall in your house. Nobody wants to do it. How do those guys get up in the morning and know they're going to go and sand drywall all day? Exactly. (laughs) It's just like the body shop guys, but they do it, and they and there's guys out there that just do a phenomenal job. And that's that's the other thing you put that question in there too. It's like, okay, so I'm not going to do the body work. So we're gonna. We're going to sublet out, sublet that out. We're going to do the rest of the stuff, but we want to get it done. But you want to know what you want to look for too. And you, what, and that kind of person obviously should be somebody that is very, is reputable or wouldn't you think? It's hard. Well, that's why they, that's why that phrase body shop prison, you know, exists because (laughs) you send it to the body shop and they, you know, body shop, uh, body work is time consuming or can be time consuming, right? Because you need to, there's no way to quickly block sand an entire car. That takes a right. long time. The guy that did mine was a friend of a guy that runs a body shop. And, um, he, uh, he was able to recommend, you know, a, a relative of his that could do a good job. So, that's how it, that's how mine got done. Now that does I mean the guy had the car for eighteen months. Like I, I had to call him and what's going on and you know and he, I remember that. Yeah, so, he, he worked through it, but and that's that's sometimes that's the guy you want. And and if it's if it's not, then you know you're not going to take it to an everyday body shop. Trust me. And and that that's something that where those people are banging out those repair jobs. You know, you hit a deer and your car gets fixed in two weeks if the parts are available and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, these restoration body shops and these people normally, you know, you want to, you want to dig around before you really find somebody. And, and, you know, if you're into 
the restoration scene and the going to car shows and stuff, you always, there's always those people that you talk about. And I know we kind of touched on this a little bit when we talked in our last episode of the restoration part of it is that, you know, I, I find that a lot of these guys are very willing to tell you where they went. I mean, they're, if they're pleased with it, obviously. And, you know, is a guy good is he does really good work. And then, you know, normally in that person's going to be, very busy. Well, and you can, you know, if you're talking to somebody at a car show, you can typically they say, oh, you know, who did your body work? And you can look at the car and see how good it looks. You can see, and guys like you or I or and anybody, you know, with a little bit of um, coaching, you would know where to look to see if somebody's good at body work or not. You know, you look inside the fender lips, you look under the hood, you know, you look inside the door jams, you look at the places that are hard to do. And if they look good, you know, and the guy did the work, you're, you know, then, yeah, but you're right. You know, you might call that guy. He might, he might say, well, I can't take your car and, you know, for three years, like he's got so much work. Right. So. Yeah. And that's, that's the other, that that was, that was kind of like a sub question of, of the question that, that we were, it's like, where do we start? And you know, now you got to figure out the things that you aren't going to do. How long, how much longer is that going to take you? You know, this project I really don't want this to last more than a couple of years, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, you I'm want. Hoping it, you know. that, I'm hoping that it doesn't, but you know, I again, I'm I'm the guy that's got a '87 Monte Carlo that's been in my barn for 15 years. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's the thing. You know, it's it's. Um, I'm going to get to that one day. <laughs> you want to, yeah, you want to get them and you want to drive them right. And so that would be something that I, you know, those things that are that are like that, like, okay, uh, you, you want to do the body. Well, maybe you do everything else first um, so that you, you know, you're driving the car along the way uh, as you're doing, you know, you know, different things. And then, you know, once it's, you know, and you're enjoying it. And then once your turn comes up or you get, your, you know, your ticket gets pulled at the body shop, you know, maybe then, you know, and then maybe over there. <laughs> Right. And also, uh, we talked about, uh, I think we talked about anyway, talked about my friend Paul, who's, who's, uh, was doing an MG. He's, I, I've got pictures. Oh, wow. He's, he's stripping the body in his, in his garage at his house and he intends to, you know, smooth it and he's going to paint it. You know, he's, he's got a, a neighbor who's, who says he can, he knows how to use the paint gun. And so they're going to do it themselves. And you know what? For, for and it's not going to be a show car, right? And it's not going to. He's probably not even going to turn out all that great. And I don't. I know Paul's going to listen to this, so Paul, I don't mean that it's not going to look good. I just mean that it's, you know, you're doing it yourself, and it's going to be what you did, and so that's going to be cool. And he's going to like it because he's going to see it, and it's going to be. He's no. He's going to know he did it, and that's a big thing with this stuff too for me is that you know you did it. And it doesn't matter what other people think of it when you did it and you know you did it. Right. And I happened to talk to Paul, like, I don't know. He he found me somehow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he calls the shop and I end up talking to him. And, you know, he's one of my brother's friends from college and, and he's trying to do uh, a restoration on an MG. And it was like, I'm talking to him and he's telling me all this stuff that he's doing and he wants to do and he wants to learn. And it's just like, that's great. That's what this is for. That's what this episode is for is so that you can, you know, be a chef like Paul yeah, and work on your own car. That's an MG. That's a 
English made one of and dude, maybe a he, harder project than somebody like him should take on. But why yeah. the hell not? He's fearless, though. He's he's he digs right in. He redid the brakes, and you know this is an MG. This is not like you know going and doing a Chevy Camaro. You know this is an MG. It's weird. It's quirky. It's British. It's you know Lucas Electrics for yes. God's sake. All this crazy shit that's in you there. You have your own set of tools when you have an MG. Right, exactly, and so and he's like knee deep in it. I I am I am uh, uh, impressed very much by his. Um, by how he just goes in there and he tackles whatever it is. And that's another thing. That's what we've been talking about. Like you have to gauge whether or not it's something you think you can do. Uh, and if you, and honestly, like with Paul, if you think you can do it, he can do it. it, it all you have to do is think you can do it usually. And he gets it done. So, and he's, I mean, he was telling, yeah. And he was telling me about what he, what he wanted to do. And he texted me some pictures of it. And yeah. And, and you know, he was stripping the paint off. Of, I think it was the hood yeah. or something. And it was like, wow, go. You know, he was asking me what kind of paint stripper. So I took a second and I called my buddy Mike, who knows about body work and sells the products that a lot of the body shops get into. And so he knew and he's just like, oh, this stuff is the one stuff you need to strip the paint. But you want to do it this way so that you're not, you know, because Mike's got a little bit of experience in that. Yeah, yeah. He knows, you know, he says, hey, you got to do it this way. You can't do it this way. And use this stuff. So, yeah. And then that, that's the thing. Getting back to our question is, is like what level of restoration that we want to do. You know, if you're doing a show car and you're not going to really be doing any of the work and you're just going to pay for it, then, you know, that's one thing. But if we're going to do like a classic restoration and I'll just classify it as that, as a, as a classic restoration that, man, I want to drive this on the weekends. Yeah. Call it a driver. Yeah, it's a it's a driver. So it's not going to be a 100-point car, and the undercarriage might not be perfectly clean, and it might rattle here and there, and it might have a few quirks in it. And that's for somebody that you want you want a driver, you know, those things are going to happen when you drive a car. It's going to wear, right? And so those things may happen, and it's going to break. And you don't – you're not going to drive – you're not going to go out and, and – take a 71 charger down for a very long ride and not take your tools with you just in case, <laughs> you know, you need to, you need to be, you have to have your travel tools and you have to have, you know, your, it's a Mopar, right? So you have to have your ballast resistor in the glove box and you have to, you know, you have to know what you, you're going to need to do because they require a lot of TLC. That's just how it is. Yeah. And if you're using old stuff and old ignition parts and old, you know, even, even in my situation, I'm going to, install an LS engine out of a 2002 Chevrolet pickup. Um, that's a six liter with the four L 80 E and I'm going to put the, you know, the engine computer in it and get a wiring harness. That's not that simple when you think about it, because you could get somewhere and it doesn't turn over. Well, why doesn't it turn over? It's because the security system that was on the original truck that is still kind of exists, isn't working right. Or, and you have to know, um, you know, so your toolbox may be a little bit different, but you still need to maybe take some stuff with you because it is a 1968 Chevy truck. Right. Well, that's that's how it is with all of that stuff. Anybody that that does anything with an older vehicle, you know, I can I can go on Rock Auto and I can buy, you know, a ballast resistor, but the thing it was made 20 years ago. Like it's it's an old part. <laughs> you know, it's just you know, that's just how that's just how, you know, that stuff is. So you you have to know you know, every car is going to have like its quirky things. And once you have your car for a while, you're going to know what those quirky things are and you're going to be able to, you know, deal with them 
And, you know, that's, you know, what the fun of it is, you know, the, that's also, you know, in that, at that level of restoration that, that you, you called a classic, we'll call it, we could also call it driver, you know, that's where, you know, you can probably do 95% of that yourself. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you take it and have the front end aligned or something, but even then I aligned the front end of my charger with a string and some sticks and some tape measures and it works pretty good. It's not wearing the tires yet. I don't know that it's perfect, but you know what? If for as much as it gets driven, you know, it's it's not it doesn't have to be. I'm not taking it on, you know, five hundred mile road trips. So. Right, right. I just want to take it to Seoul into a car show. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so that that's that's the other thing. Then that's what we were talking about too, is like my wife needs to be able to drive this truck. Yeah. So it's like okay. So you know, and then, you know, I'm making, you know, I need to very make very sure that, you know, she goes out to the bar and she can start it up and go, go to her dad's house if she wants to be reliable, yeah. you know, go downtown or, or take it to take it to school one day uh, in the early spring before she gets out of school or, or whatever, you know, she's got to be able to get in that thing and go and not have to bang on the hood like Fonzie or whatever. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's why we live in such a cool time right now, because you can put, you know, there are probably pieces that you can buy to put that LS motor right into that truck. Like it'll drop right in. And there is a engine wiring harnesses and transmission harnesses. And then you can get your fuel injection working and you can do all those things. And it'll be very close to as reliable as, you know, your day-to-day driver, because it has all the same systems. It's fuel injected. It's electronic. It's, you know, it's got all that stuff going on so that when when your wife does go out there when danny goes out there she'll be able to turn the key and it'll start because you're not fussing with a a manual choke and you know you're not you know trying to get a a 50 year old technology to work you know particularly like she wants to take it to to school in april it might be 30 degrees when she goes out there to start it up so you have a much better chance when you're you know you're you got the fuel injection and any car you don't have to put an ls motor in your vehicle in order to get those things you can buy aftermarket fuel injection and aftermarket electronic ignitions all those things can be retrofitted to any car pretty much i mean i know i know i think we talked about it you might have had a little bit of trouble finding one that would fit on a on a gm straight six but yeah well when i what i found was is the intake manifold is is what's restrictive about it so because the exhaust comes out the out of the same side, so it has to kind of go in between the exhaust manifold, and it has to has to work like that. But nobody really makes a four barrel Holly injection system. I don't recall. Unless they do, they can email me at gforceauto thirty two at gmail dot com and let me know. However, um, we have you know I, I looked and looked and looked, and then Holly makes a nice little two barrel setup but it's for their straight six and i was thinking about trying to get that to work in some sort of fashion on that one but then i kind of came across this ls engine and i think we're gonna go that route with with this particular build but you know and and again too the engine computer and the harness and and you're right we do live in a time where there is there's a there's a kit you can get that's got the mounts that go right to the engine that go that are built specifically for that truck that had a you know wherever that goes so that you can the engines 
far as forward or rearward as you want it. And then it allows for all the other stuff. And then there's mounts so that I could mount the transmission underneath there. And of course, I'm going to mock all that stuff up when I got the cab and stuff off of it. But, you know, that's something that, that I know that I can do. And, you know, maybe some of the fabrication part of it, I might have to kind of get the slide ruler out. Well, and, I tell you what, you know, that I don't know if I mentioned last time we talked, but I'm, I'm working on a, a 74 Jeep CJ. And the guy that I'm working on it for wanted to put a small block, Gen 1 small block Chevy V8 in there. Oh, okay. So I ordered in a Jeep. In a Jeep. Yeah. Okay. Well, it had a uh, AMC V8 in it, but anyway, oh, there's there's a lot to the story. But I'll, uh, for the sake of the point that we're making now, is that I ordered, um, I ordered uh, motor mounts. Uh, I ordered um, a, an adapter kit. I adapted the the Chevrolet bell housing straight to the AMC three speed. You know, it's a three speed stick. What All transmission those- did they use in that? Uh, so I think it's an AX15. So it's a no, Chrysler? no, it's a T, no, it's a T, uh, it's like a T15, I think. Oh, it's a stick shift? It's a stick, yeah, it's not a, oh, okay. it's not an automatic. I don't remember exactly what it was. So Maybe. adapting the Chevrolet bell housing to that. So, yeah, so my point is, is that, out. <laughs> yeah, it's a Jeep T15. So exact, so my point is, is that I was able to, to go on the internet and in about, 40 minutes, find all the parts I needed to order to put a small block Chevy V8 in a 1974 Jeep CJ. And so if you can do that, and I put it all in, and it all worked exactly the way it was supposed to work. And everything went together and turned out really nicely. Yeah, so, so let's, yeah, so let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, the, the car that you're going to buy. You know, I've, C10s, that, that's specific year range from 67 to 72 there's so much stuff for those trucks that it's not even funny if you in and you're right you can go on online and get that stuff and and find it really quick and i was impressed about how quickly i found an ls installation kit for that generation truck so that being said you know we let's go back to your charger for just a second you know the 71 really wasn't the most popular one you know we're talking dukes it was of the coolest, you know and, and yeah they are they're really cool i love the the what is yours is what from 71 to 71 through 74 was the same shape body there's a lot of different difference differences between the bodies but they were all this that was all the same you know general body style that sort of big wide chunky rear end and the long front hood with the little turn signal things on the fender. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a lot of Mopars had those as silly things up there. Right, right. We will be back after a short break. Hey, everybody. Matt here. Wanted to take a minute to talk about our main sponsor, GeForce Automotive. Did you know that they're a certified service center through AutoValue? What does that get you, you say? Well, that gets you three years or 36,000 mile warranty on select repairs. Want to know more about that? Visit their website at www.geforceautomotive.net. Click on that banner that says make an appointment and make your appointment today. We're proud to have them on board as the main sponsor of the All Automotive Podcast. 
So now let's get back to it. More of the All Automotive Podcast. So uh, yeah, so you're 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 doing this kind of needle in a haystack job of a Jeep that had a V8 that the guy wants a Chevrolet V8. You know that's not a simple process, and those are the things that you want to look at too when you you're choosing your vehicle. It's like it, is this are there parts readily available for them, or are there are we going to have to manufacture a lot of stuff? You know, and that's just adds time if you've got to manufacture or fix things that aren't available anymore then you're that's that's one thing you want to look at too right well and that's one thing that when i bought like when i bought my charger uh in 1998 um because as you mentioned it was one of the off you know that wasn't the wasn't the popular year all the right. popular years was 68 69 and then if you went to the oh, sure. original like the 65 through 67s those were also you know popular but the 71 nobody was making hardly anything aftermarket for those so now you live in a again we live in a time where the year one catalog has you know every piece that you might that you might need i remember when i when i went to uh, i wanted to buy new turn signal lenses for my charger and i was at some swap meet in the early 2000s and the only thing you could find was new old stock and they wanted $300 for a set of two you know, I'm like, I got two kids to feed. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't be spending 300 bucks on two little pieces of plastic for right, goodness sakes. Exactly. So, but now you can go online again and in, you know, 20 minutes buy a reproduction set that's, you know, Mopar, you know, approved uh, for 80 bucks, you know, or 90 bucks or so, or hundred bucks. You know, I, I haven't looked lately, so don't hold me to those numbers. But, you know, the point I'm making is that you can get a part that looks and, and fits and functions you know, correctly, they look exactly like part that you need and they're, you know, not that expensive. So let's go over some of the things that we've talked about. We, we want to, you know, where do we start? We kind of cleared that up a little bit, hopefully for everybody with what level of restoration do you want to do when that's kind of maybe where you start. And then is it going to be a show car? Is it just going to be a garage princess and it's going to sit in there under a cover and, you're going to take it to one car show a year or you're going to enter it in, you know, Barrett Jackson to try and get, you know, top dollar for it. Cause you did do this overhaul, you know, and there's all these overhauling and, and, and car restoration shows that are on TV and they make it look easy. But I think some of that stuff is, is it gets a little difficult and especially, you know, and those guys have teams of people helping them get these cars done. You know, when I, when I talk about recently, I took a trip to Dallas and I went to Gas Monkey Garage and, you know, thankfully I ran into Richard Rawlings and said hello to him. And, and that was, that was cool. But, you know, let's take his show for instance. And, and he, those, he's got a lot of people helping him do those cars. Right. And, you know, if it's just you and and your friends, and and that's something that they're going to come over and do because you know, guys like me and you, Jeff, we, it's I don't I have I have like Mike and maybe one other guy that might come over and help me do some stuff on it. And of course, Danny told me she would get you know get dirty and get in there and and do some stuff on it because obviously, you know, she's involved in the, in the process. But again, you know, that's that's the thing that we want to 
want to do is is figure out where we wanted to start and and that was that was the biggest question of the day the other day and i was just like hmm, you know that's a good question i was thinking about that and i wanted to know i wanted to to get further with that question and and think about well we just i think we're just going to start taking it apart whether it's yeah well i mean go ahead i was just gonna say you just need to be uh you just need to start somewhere. It doesn't really matter where you start. Like like we were saying earlier, if you're going to drive it, then you do one thing at a time. If you're not going to drive it, then yeah, maybe you want to blow the whole thing apart and put it in baggies and boxes and label it up and and do the whole thing. You know, that that's kind of the way that, that mine went down is like, you know, I would, if I had a few days, I would, or some free time, I, okay, I, I would take the heater box and I restored the whole heater box and put it on the shelf, you know? And so that's how you, you go about that. And so, you know, it just, it's, it, it, what you want out of it, you know, you, you have to, you know, maybe you pick away at it or maybe you go whole hog. I would suggest maybe picking away at it at first until you lived with the car for a little while. It's probably the better way to go because you can always, you know, take stuff apart and sometimes stuff doesn't always get, you know, put back together. You know, life sometimes, you know, gets in the way of some of those things. Right. Cause it, you know, Danny wanted to drive it the other day and, it's apparently got a little bit of a brake fluid leak from the rear. <laughs> so I was under there checking that out and I'm like, okay, well, there's some lines across the back that probably need to be addressed. And, you know, once you do that, then are the things going to come loose and are we going to be into wheel cylinders and lines on both sides and all the way forward? And, you know, this thing doesn't have power brakes. It's, you push it, it's your leg power that's pushing yeah. everything down. So, and that, that makes it a little bit more difficult too. But, you know, so I filled the fluid up, pumped it up, and it didn't seem to drip too much. So she wanted to take it around the block and show her dad so that we, so she yeah. she pulled the choke. And <laughs> yeah, that's the fun in it though. And so if she wants to do that stuff, then you leave it running as long as possible. Like maybe you rebuild the engine you're going to put in it without taking the old one out. Like let it be a, a truck while you're working on all right, these other right. pieces, you know? And that was, that was the thing too. And that was my question back to her and, and your point you were saying too, maybe you work on it and then drive it, work on it, drive it. And that's, I think, you know, and I kind of said, do you want to just rip it apart to start with or, or you want to maybe, get it going and drive it this summer. And I'm thinking she was yeah. leaning towards driving it this summer, but it's a stick right. shift. So it was, well, it was a little challenging. Yeah. Well, at you first. know, at first, but it's got that really low first gear. So it was like, you know, well, just start in second and then just shift once. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Over into fourth gear. There you go. Yeah, but you yeah. can't really go very fast with it because the brakes are, I mean, literally, it's got drum brakes front and rear. And if you're a mechanical guy and you know a little bit about brakes, and it doesn't have disc brakes in the front or power brakes, so it's like, so don't well, go very fast. Go that way. Go slow. Go down. Yeah. And so, and so, maybe the conversation finishes up about where it starts, which is with safety. You know, you always got to think about, you know, how safe is this thing? Now, when they were brand new, that's what that's all they had, right? And and you know, but all the parts were brand new all at the same time. And so, yeah, you think about if you're going to redo the whole brakes, like going for like, again, that, that could be a project that could be done in a weekend, like a disc brake conversion in the front. You don't need to, you don't need to blow the whole vehicle apart to do that. So 
that's something you do over the weekend in the car. Well, that's something that I was looking at too. I'm looking at how do we get power brakes on this thing? Number one. Right. And then number two is where is the disc brake conversion kit and what, you know, I would think, um, you know, something that's got a pretty decent spindle and, you know, change the ball joints or whatever and get that, get that hole set up and then get a proportioning valve so that you can get the pressure that you need to those disc brakes. But yeah, you're right. It's just like, I think there's going to be some things that I'm going to do to it along the way. And then once we get to the nuts and bolts of the, the real restoration where it's you're sanding the bodywork and doing all that stuff that might, then it's going to be down. Then we're not going to be able to, to drive the thing back and forth down the road to the ice cream store. Right. Well, and that's just it. You, you have to decide what you want to do. And the best thing I think is maybe to do a few things while you're driving it and then get you like what you really want out of it. And then, you know, go from, and then you go from there and then, you know, then it just, ends up becoming what you want it to be uh, as you want it to be, you know, like you want it to run and drive and stop right now. And that's all I want. I don't want it to sound, I don't want it to be loud and and to be able to smoke the tire and do all these things. I want it to run, drive and stop. (laughs) You know, those, it makes it simple, right? You know what you got to do. Right. And then we were talking about just like your buddy, Paul, assess your level of ability. You know, do do you want to learn all this stuff? Like Paul does, I mean the the guy's a, a a chef at a at restaurants and stuff for, and that's what he did for his. It, you know, it's total, you know, and it's a hobby. It's turned into more than I think a hobby for him. Um, so yeah, just assess your 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 ability. Do you already tinker with cars, or do you know nothing about cars and you want to learn? Okay, well, and don't and don't be afraid to try something because you know if it's not your daily and okay you run into something well the other thing that is great about the world we live in today is the internet and youtube and and these podcasts and you can immediately look up you know and it and it doesn't have to be like you could look up how to redo the front brake calipers on a 1975 mg midget and there's somebody out there that's who actually has posted, who has posted a video of doing exactly that doesn't almost doesn't matter what you're trying to what you're trying to do um, so that's another way, you know, and, and even if you're going to take it to somebody to have them do the work, it's good to watch those videos because then you at least educate yourself on what they're going to be trying to do. Right. Exactly. And you know, YouTube is, is very good. Very good. There's a lot of good content out there on, and if you, if you get a hold of like, if you get a hold of somebody like that and this is what they do and that's what they've done is, is they've documented their process of this is what we did to my mg and it's it's decent where there's enough content to where you can see actually right. things getting taken apart but it's not just oh bam here's the new here's the rebuilt caliper you know after i edited everything out you know that's sometimes you want to see the process and you're right educate yourself on on that even if even if you are yeah taking it to somebody like me to have something done like that well, it's a fun thing to uh, restore a car, and it's a fun thing to do the work. That, for me, is at least half the fun is doing the actual work and figuring that out and using your brain and your hands at the same time. Uh, my day job, I sit on my butt and type on a keyboard because I use my brain for that, but I don't get to use my hands for that. So it's fun to use your brain and your hands 
the same thing for, for Paul, you know, you're using your brain and your hands in a different way, you know, so it, maybe it doesn't seem weird that, that a chef who uses his brain in his hands on his day job is using his brain in his hands in the garage and, and it's going well for him. So, you know, he, he you know, yeah, and it's awesome. I, you know, like I say, when I was talking to him, he was so excited about it and he yeah. just wanted to learn. And he was actually telling me about a place that you could go and rent the space and actually work on your own car. Yeah, and and um, I think that's a really cool thing too. I think there are places like that, maybe not so much in in the Midwest where um, where we live, Matt. But you know, I know I've I've heard of places on the coasts and in warmer areas in warmer parts of the country where, yeah, there's a it's a it's a shop and basically you you can go in and rent tools and do all these things change your own exhaust or change your own brakes. And there's a mechanic that'll look at it for you if you need, of course you have to pay for all this, but you know, it's a way to learn. And if you've got no other way to learn, uh, it's a way that, you know, that you can get stuff done. And I'm I'm sure you could take a classic car or a car you wanted to restore to a place like that. If you have that available, you know, where, where you live and it's, you know, it's a way that you can go that you can get some help and you can learn. So. And and if you're, you're in a position to where you're, you don't want to do what you've been doing your, I say your whole life, you know, there's opportunities in automotive. We're looking for technicians on the daily. You know, we're looking for people that can, that want to do it, want to, want to get their hands dirty, want to do that. You know, there's, I taught for quite a while at a local community college. We taught, I taught automotive. I taught a general class and that was one of my favorite classes because there was just a, such a, melting pot of people that came to that class that were wanting to learn how to do just very kind of basic stuff and to see if it was for them, number one. And number two, you know, hey, maybe I got this project at home and I want to just do this yourself. And, and, you know, there's guys out there that, or people out there that want to save, save money, you know, work on your own stuff, do your own break job or do whatever, you know, and again, just assess your level of ability. And, and if you're, you're willing to do it and you're, and you want to do it, then give it a shot. Give it, there's like, like you were saying, YouTube's out there. There's places like my auto road of repair facility. If you know me and you got questions, we get those calls. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. I, get those, <laughs> I get those phone calls from my friends and, and all kinds of different people. Yeah. Oh, you know, hey, I'm doing this. How do you guys get this off? And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, with this vehicle that you've bought, do you want it on, you know, set a completion date? Do we want to do two years, three years? You know, sometimes it's hard, difficult to set a completion date. And I mean, what do you what what were you thinking when you when you did yours? You know, it it turned into uh, because mine turned into a, you know, a multi-year project because of, you know, if you read any of the magazines, they always say, well, then life got in the way and you had kids and blah, blah. And that, and that happened to me. You know, I didn't start out. I started out like, oh, this is not going to be very long. And then all of a sudden, you know, the whole thing is all the way apart. And you're, you're looking at it going, well, I used to joke with people like it's halfway done because I've had it all the way apart. (laughs) So now I just put it all the way back together and it'll be the rest of the way done. But, um, I didn't have an outlook for it. Um, on that car. But then as time went by, yeah, I would, 
I would set out like by the end of this year, I'm going to have the whole interior redone by the end of, you know, by, by my birthday this year, my birthday's in June. So halfway through the year, I'll have the motor rebuilt and on the stand and ready to go in. And so I did start setting goals like that along the way that helped me, you know, yeah, cool. Set small goals, set short goals, like take a, take a section of the car. Like you were saying the heater box, I took that all out, took it all apart because I got time to do it. Bam, it's done. Boom, and then it's sitting on the shelf, and then you've got all your you know, your assemblies and, and stuff that are detailed. Then you start putting it back together. You're just pulling stuff off the shelf. But that's you know, that's how that that's how it evolved with the charger. At first, I had no clue because it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. But like with that that Jeep that I'm telling you, you know, we I brought that car to the house in November, and we pretty much said. You know, I want to have it done by the fall because I don't want it in my shop again over the winter. So it's got to be done by the fall. So that's why we're, you know, we're working towards that. And that, you know, we probably won't hit that, but we'll probably get it done this year. You know, so anyway, because otherwise you'll never drive them and you'll never get to use them and have do the fun part, do the fun stuff. So you have to push yourself, you know, to, to get them done. And that doesn't sound like, oh, you know, that doesn't like makes it sound like work, but. I guess what I what I mean is if you want to have the fun, then you got to do the work. Yeah, and it, just have a game plan. Set your game plan up. Try to stick to something. See what you want to accomplish, and and sit down and 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 figure it out. It's like today I want to get the the door panels off and get this door all apart and assess all the stuff that's in this door. Okay, so we're going to need a window regulator, the window felt, the channel run. We need all this stuff. I can. Take all this stuff out and that set that over there. Write the stuff down so that you know what's going on, and then you know and, and move on. Well, and then that also breaks it up money wise because, like in your example, you're taking the door apart. You need these parts. Well, then you go over to the Classic Industries catalog or whoever it is, and you order up your parts. You get your parts in. You put your door back together. You get it all working the way that it's supposed to work, and then that piece is done. And not only do you because one of the things that you you'll find that you need is you need something to to make you feel like you got something accomplished. You put the door back together and you and you and now the window goes up and down and it's you know and it look everything works the way it's supposed to look. You're like, awesome, that's now done. That piece is done, and you feel good because you 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 went through and you you have reason now now you, and also now you can tackle the other door or the other three doors because now you know what to do and it makes the other ones easier. And they go quicker, and then that starts to snowball, and you got a lot of momentum, and then all of a sudden you're feeling really good about the whole project because you're getting stuff done. And that's important too, because if if you get frustrated with it, take a break, but make sure you go back to it because then you have an '87 Monte Carlo in the corner of the barn for 15 years. <laughs> well, you know, it's a, one of those things. Like, well, it does know, run. I got to run. I got to run. It. it does run. It does run. So now it needs a gas tank. And a, a <laughs> pump. Yeah, I had to drop the gas tank down because, gee whiz, a guy who works on cars left gas in a car for over two years. Yeah, now it's all crudded. Really, you just get a boat really, tank. I got a new tank. Uh, the, well, the top part of it was rusted where the, oh, yeah, okay. where the fuel pump goes. So that was kind of neat. It's got a – and to let everybody know, my 87 Monte Carlo was all original until I decided to put a – 1996 Chevy Camaro engine in it, which is the old style LT1, just before the LS engine came out. 
Uh, it has aluminum heads. It's got the 4L60E. So it, it's pretty cool. It's The computer runs it, and it does start and drive and run. And so I got to a certain point with it, and I was like, eh. <laughs> got frustrated with it. You know, there was some things that I couldn't accomplish quite um, because it's a speedo-driven car. Uh, the the cable is drives the speedometer in the in the dash, and I didn't at that point. I was not spending the money on a, a digital dash part, but I think if I did it again, that's the, probably the way I would go. But anyway, you know, it was, and it was one of those projects where me and my guys at the shop were like, "Let's see if we can do this." Yeah, right. Make it work. Yeah. I remember. I remember when you were going through that and trying to get the the vehicles uh, electronics to work with the engines electronics and the transmissions electronics. And so, yeah, I mean, that's part of the, the fun too, is like everybody's telling me that this is impossible, but I think it's possible. <laughs> well, it was, certainly was possible. It was just, it was just mating up 1980s technology to 1996 technology. You know, it was a 10 year difference in technology. Yeah. Oh, so I had a, engine computer now and i had o2 sensors and i had to make sure the transmission shifted correctly because the transmission and the setup it came out of had a 342 rear end and this has got a 373 so i had to do some programming and you know so there were some things that i had to do to it but yeah so again going back to my my original comment was yeah if you get frustrated with it and you're you have an issue with it, make sure you get back to it. And it, it's a, it ends up being a passion. And I think with this truck, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think that's going to fall into that uh, category, but the Monte Carlo is currently for sale. So <laughs> well, and that's the best thing when you when you realize that you are not going to get to it, how many times I've stopped and like asked somebody is something for sale and they say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to redo it someday. Right. Uh, and it's like, you know what? There's already rust up to the door handles. Do you honestly think you're going to get to that someday? And, you know, instead of having it rust and, and turn to dust, there aren't that many of these things, these cars left anymore. So, you know, when you lose interest or when you get, you know, to the end of whatever you want to do with it, you know, move it on, you know, let somebody else, you know, go through it and work with it and save it and have fun with it and learn on it and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, wow, we went over quite a lot of stuff and we're, you know, I hope everybody got a good idea of if you've just bought a project car and you want to know what your starting point is, Hey, assess the safety and, and let's try to figure that out. Is it something that we want to drive every day and while we're working on it and we're going to do some stuff like Jeff was saying, and then, you know, is it, is it going to be a show car? Is it going to be a, a daily driver car? Is it going to be, I'll call it my classic driver to where, you know, yeah, I want to go once I'm done with it, I want to go to car shows with it and I want to be able to keep it up, but I still want to kind of do some things to it. Cause once you get, I think once you get it to a certain point, it's you're, you're just driving it back and forth to the car shows and then maybe another project comes along and that that's another thing that you want to get get done and move forward with right and you know like we were talking about with uh jeff's friend paul assess your level of ability whether you've tinkered with cars or not or you want to tinker with cars try some you know and i I say easy things first you know there's always things out there that that seem daunting at first but you know if it's doing your own brake job and then you get confidence with that or 
And then that kind of snowballs into something else. And then, and then if we've bought this car already and we're, we, we don't really know, start with the small stuff, start with, you know, cleaning things up and, and figuring out how things work. And, and again, YouTube is a very good thing because somebody has posted a video about it most generally. No matter what you're trying to do. So once you've got your, your level of ability assessed, then, then we want to start setting a completion date or maybe tackle things slowly as you go through and then maybe make a, like an outline of the car. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then I want to do this. And, and like you were saying, you know, Jeff was saying, get to, get to the point where you get it done by a certain date. I want to get the doors done by June, my birthday and get moving on it. And again, and then we kind of talked about being frustrated with it. We all get to that point. It's something that happens. If, and, and in my case, it's 150 yards back out to my barn. I can walk back up to the house and forget about it for a while. Because there are things that, you know, you get frustrated with trying to figure, and especially with maybe the build that I'm doing where, where I'm swapping a, a new technology engine and transmission into something that didn't have any kind of technology. So that can kind of be daunting and maybe get you to a point where you're like, ah. <laughs> but, you know, again, just step away from it. Take a deep breath. Keep going with it. All right. Well, we appreciate you being on the show. It's great to have you again. I know we talked about a lot of stuff, and thanks for coming on, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me on. I I enjoy this a lot. I, I'll talk about cars with anybody at any time. I appreciate being able to do it with my brother, and I appreciate uh, having a chance to to helpfully hopefully help other people. You know, get into the hobby and have fun with it too. And so, yeah, thanks very much, man. I appreciate it. All right, that's going to do it for another episode of All Automotive. And hey, when you're on your favorite podcast site, hit that follow or subscribe button. It helps us let you know when there's a new episode. Until next time, I'm Matt Clausen. Hey, thanks for listening to All Automotive.